Used to keep it cool, used to be a fool All about the bounce in my step Watch it on the news, what you gonna do? I could hit refresh and forget Used to keep it cool This feels weird No, it feels great you It know, feels weird Wish I had some music welcome No, it back, feels weird Welcome back, welcome back it, feel, it feels weird It feels good to be back though if I, had hey, a big, if I had a big afro and my sweet mustache from the 70s You would call me Mr. Cotter Because why? It's welcome back, Mr. Cotter About four people out of the seven listening Understand what you're talking about. Perfect. Right now. That's I'm batting fifty percent. That's fine. But hey, folks, welcome back. Welcome, welcome, welcome to episode one of season number three. three. Super excited when I saw that. I was like, wow. You know, I listen to a lot of podcasts out there, mostly hockey. And uh, season three feels really good. Yeah, feels season good. three of Her Ice, the girls' high school hockey podcast from Youth Hockey Hub. Yeah, we discuss topics that are going around the Minnesota Girls High School Hockey. We chat about players, games, hot topics, anything related to the coolest game on the earth. And we're podcasting live in dreary, cloudy Studio 1A at the YHH home office, but it is sunshine where you and I are. You say dreary and cloudy like it's not January in Minnesota. Well, no, but it's, it's cloudy. I feel like I'm in England, but I'm waiting for that sun <laughs> to pop up. But anyway, let's uh, let's give a little plug quick because we, we have a new sponsor this year. Very, very excited about our our sponsor, the Minnesotan. So, you know, um, Peter, I notice you. By the way, this is Peter Odney and Todd Houck. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> so I've noticed Peter, I see him once in a while, and he seems to feel very comfortable in his outfits. But I'm <laughs> saying, Peter, if you, I know Christmas came, but in Santa maybe didn't get you anything brand new in the swag division. No. But, hey, if you are looking for, say, some really cool high school uh, apparel, because the season's upon us, and you can either pick a team um, that's currently with us, you know, for example, like St. Paul Johnson. Yes. Or you could pick like the Matamidi. No. But if you're looking for some old swag, like say uh, Alexander Ramsey Rams or maybe the Kellogg Chargers, you should go check out the Minnesotan where they've got some serious swag for anybody out there looking for some old throwback items or even some current teams. Now, we focus on hockey a lot, so they have a lot of high school stuff, hats, jackets, sweatshirts. Pants. They also got some fancy stuff with a super cool logo, but they also have old USA sweaters, 1980. Paul Broughton, I mean, um, Paul uh, Broughton. I don't know why I said Paul. That just popped in my head. But Aaron Broughton or old Fighting Saints jerseys. They've got some sweet uh, apparel that you should definitely check out. And guess what, Peter? Mm. If you can't check them out in person, you can go to the website, which is theminnesotan.com, and you can use YHH for a 15% discount code. Does that apply to us, too? Uh, yeah. yeah, I'm I looking think, at the website right now. I think YHH uh, has got there's some there's there is actually some really really cool stuff. Uh, I am a proud owner of a uh, of a uh, the, the Minnesotan hat. It's the old uh, like the gray back with the uh, it's a washburn I call it with the the blue front, the cool logo, and then the orange bill. Nice. So big big fan of the Minnesotan. And they got some really cool stuff over. So uh, I not get get to the. Uh, the store, but that definitely is on my list that I want to get to. So, yeah, check out the Minnesotan for some cool, cool apparel there. And they also got other cool swag, too. They got also some musical stuff. They got, like, old Johnny Clueless, which is a band I grew up uh, my St. Cloud State days. They also got, like, old uh, 400 Bar and First Avenue T-shirts. So they, they'll incorporate anybody out there that wants some apparel. So let's move on to apparel. The fact is you guys are listening to us uh I don't say live. I want to say live, but I wish I was live. No. Um, but we want to talk about high school hockey because guess what? That is 
officially a week away from today, where we're actually going to drop the puck on a season in which uh, we weren't sure if it was going to happen. That's why we're kind of excited about being here and giving you a podcast. Because Can't you hear the excitement there in my is, voice? Yes. That's why the dreariness is not going to squelch my excitement. Um, I'm excited for both sides of it. Um, my daughter graduated last year, so I don't have a, can I say it, a horse in the race anymore. But still, I'm going to be seeing as many games as I can. Um, still got a lot of good friends over there in um, at Jefferson, so I'm going to go watch a few games if I'm allowed to watch them. Uh, <laughs> we still don't know about that yet, do we? We're still waiting, but <laughs> let's just let's just stay on the positive side. So let's. Um, there were some people that put out some way, way too early top tens, and Peter has worked <laughs> tirelessly on his top ten double um, A teams yep. as we jump into the season, as well as his top five. 4.5, I should say, uh, single-A teams. But let's let's start with those double-A teams, Woo! some of the monsters who are coming back from last year. And in case you forgot, um, uh, the champions last year was Andover, beat uh, Edina. First time. First, first time. time state champions in hockey, boys or girls. Which from our side of it, too, we're seeing it from the high school side of it, but the, the cool thing that I feel is we've seen, um, obviously since we're part of YHH and we do a lot of youth tournaments, um, we have seen that Andover program just rise and just compete with all the big dogs. And, or, and so that was finally the pinnacle of seeing Andover actually finally take over the, the top spot in AA hockey because we've seen them rise. They've been taking their 10s and 12s, and we see them in state tournaments. And so to see Andover actually uh, take over was very exciting. And then on the other side of it, Breck, uh, I would say handedly uh, took the yes. Handily. Well, they handily took Handily over. is an understatement. They but it outs- was. They outscored their state tournament opponents 23-2. to two. They did like a... They went to running time three straight games. They went like a, a Canada uh, World Junior Hockey. <laughs> yeah, until the finals because they actually won it. Right. But I wonder anyway, if they had a trash barrel too. Uh, I don't think they needed a barrel. They didn't. They weren't going their games barrel to barrel. That's for sure. But hey, we want to give kudos to Cloquet because we're hoping that they're going to come back. Um, I, I think they've they graduated a lot of... A lot of seniors that's going to squelch their opportunities. But, hey, you never know. Every game could be completely different. So, anyway, it was exciting to see Cloquet in the championship game because that was a, you know their big win over War Road in the semis because everybody thought War Road was going to be there. But, hey, enough about singles. Let's go to the, <laughs> the double-A. Peter, let's jump on your top ten preseason a week away. Go. And I'm going to start this year's rankings with a disclaimer. Because I know as soon as I spout these out, somebody is going to have a problem with it somewhere. And I'm just here to remind people that rankings don't really mean anything. They're more of a subjective guess about where teams slot in. So with that said, and over at number one, defending state champs. I mean, how do you go with anybody else? They bring back Peyton Hemp, who's the Miss Hockey favorite. Gabby Krause should also be a candidate for Miss Hockey. They've got some good depth with Issa Gettle. Uh, Sarah Kaiser, Josie Hemp, the list goes on and on. A uh, player that you should keep an eye on from Andover is Tyra Turner. Who? who Tyra Turner. Not she Tina is, Turner? No, Tyra. She okay. is committed to St. Anselm. I have no idea if that's on planet Earth. Sounds like something that could be in Middle Earth. But Tyra Turner scored 10 goals and had 25 assists last year. She should be really good this season. Uh, number two, Edina. Um, same finish they had at the state tournament. They return a lot of pieces. I mean, Katie Davis graduated, but Emma Connor is still there. Hannah Chorsky is still there. Vivian Jungles. Uh, they get Breck transfer. Hannah Halverson. She is super good. Mm. And Uma Cornier, Cornier, Corneo, whatever, however you pronounce the 
the last name. She's still around. It feels like she's been here forever. I think I heard the Uma chant as I walked in the office today, feeling that they knew we were going to be on the on the airs. <laughs> but, I mean, is not Uma still the best goalie in the state, boys or girls? Yeah, I would say yes. I would say yes. Yeah. Um, we've got, but I'm not saying Andover was an upset last year because that was just two Titans going at it. So for her to finally give up more than two goals in the championship game. Yeah, she had some crazy stat last year where she didn't give up more than one goal in a game up until the state finals. I think it was, yeah, correct one. So so that just told you how powerful Andover was. It was something banana lands like that. Uh, Maple Grove at number three. Maple Grove is going to look how they usually look, even though head coach Amber Heglin stepped down during the offseason. They're going to have a couple of forwards, Stensley, Lauren Sensley and Tristana Tater are going to be really good. And like every other year, they're going to have great goaltending in Brooke Casabo. At number four, this is a team that we're going to dive into a little bit more further down the line. Benilde St. Margaret's at number four. Rozo at number five. Uh, Minnetonka at number six. That's the first or second late conference team I've got on here. Mm-hmm. Uh, Holy Family. Holy Family. Holy Family at number seven. Number eight, Wyzetta. Number nine, Stillwater. And number 10, Eden Prairie. There is a team conspicuously missing from that group. The Sid. The Blake Bears. Wait a minute. The Blake Bears? There's no – hold on. Let me just double check. Yeah. No Block K. Yeah, about two and a half minutes before we went on the air, I scratched off Blake and replaced them. Also a late uh, game-time decision. A game-time decision to knock off the Blake Bears. Is that a healthy scratch? Uh, you know, I think they're all healthy. I don't think that there's really an injury report for high school athletics, and if there is, they should get rid of it right away. Would you still put uh, Blake in a 15 then? Yes. Okay. If I, if I want – okay. Here's my problem with mentioning so many teams. At some point, where do you, where do you end it? I think 10 is a nice round number. Mm-hmm. No, I, I don't want to make it 15. I don't nope. want to do a top 20. I don't want to mm. do a top 25. Nope. I don't want to do a top 30. I'm going to keep it at 10. Moving into class A, this one's only going to get a top four for a fun a fun little Four plus, sidebar. if we can say that. So bracket number one, yes, they're still number one. Surprise. You can lose Miss Hockey Olivia Mobley and her running mate, Allie Qualley, and still have, oh, my gosh, I almost want to say, I don't want to say by far, but they've got one of the best rosters in the state, regardless of class four gopher commits. Mm-hmm. from uh, a little old Class A school. We almost can call them the junior gophers. They're like a farm team for Dinky Town. Yeah. Well, that's funny. I, I bring that up later on, but continue. Uh, we got Warroad at number two, Proctor Hermantown at number three, and Chisago Lakes. Nope. South St. Paul at number South four, Paul, which has Chisago been scrapped, Lakes at five. And then you went CL, and then you went back to CCP. Why'd you go back and forth there? Why did I go back and forth? Yeah. I'm going to give South St. Paul the edge because of goaltending. Delaney Norman. True. She's another one, kind of like Umo. It feels like she's been around forever. This will be her third season. Uh, one of the best goalies in Class A. She's the backbone of that Packer defense. I think she might even give South St. Paul at least the goaltending edge over Proctor Hermantown. Proctor Hermantown gets the nod at three over South St. Paul based on their depth. They have a lot of good forward depth. That group has been together and playing high school for a couple of years. They kind of they understand everybody else on the ice. Warroad at number two. Um yeah, there's another group of high-scoring forwards and defenders from Warroad. Shocker. 
But that's going to be big because, uh, you know, Warrow's missing, you know, H.E., Hannah Corneliusen is out, uh, Quinn Kuntz is not there, so there's some uh, big pieces missing from that Warrow. But well, so, Quinn Kuntz graduated a couple of years she ago. She did, yeah. Well, I don't know why I said that, but <laughs> I know. I, my brain so is, they lose Hannah Corneliusen, but they also bring back Gino Hendrickson, who yep. had 86 points last year. Sydney Fanouf had 71 points last year. Talia Hendrickson had 68 points last year. You can't go wrong having no, three right. players that have scored over 65 points. Gino Hendrickson, by the way, closing in on 230 career points, I think. Boy, I tell you, that's not bad when you can average four or five goals a game and you're like, mm, your your goals allowed can be two or three and you're still okay. Right, and they'll figure out the goaltending. They'll split between Kendra Nordic and CJ Lanktosh. I think I'd give the edge to Nordic because she played throughout the postseason. Yeah, I would. Yeah, there you go. Postseason always makes a big difference. Um, so let's bust down a little bit. I know you broke down a little bit, but I, I, there's a couple of them. I, I think you got them a little too high, a little too low. Mm-hmm. Would you agree with me? No. Like, well, <laughs> well, I Benilde at four. Benilde at four. I do have reasons for putting Benilde. Now at I'm four. gonna, I'm gonna throw my disclaimer right away. I. Soon, and mind you, these are teams that, that have played, say, my daughter's teams through the years, and so I know they're decent, and so I'm not shooting them down for that being decent. I'm like, wow, I don't know if they're really that high up on your on your top ten, but hey, go ahead. Um, I mean, obviously, the Benilde and Holy Family, I'm like, whoa, 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 but so stop, stop my whoa. I've got Benilde at four. That's a team that I might be, uh, air quotes, too high on. They won 19 games last year, and they bring back virtually Everybody from last year's team, except for goaltender Rose Beeman, but she'll be replaced with Sacred Heart commit Carly Green. They've got three players on defense that have committed to Division One programs, and if they get a little bit more scoring out of Mary Zavril, who had 20 goals last year, and Olivia Hag, who's committed to BU, she scored 10 goals last year. If they get a little more offense from some of their forwards up top, this is a team that I think could go on a deep postseason run. They're in a gauntlet in Section 6. But they're well coached. They bring almost everybody back. They're consistent, and I think a shorter schedule behooves them. It is. It's going to be an eighteen-game sprint. So I just used the word behooves. You did. I like it. Big yikes. Big. Uh, we'll see if we can use that one more time in the podcast. <laughs> um, uh, any? Other, there's a couple teams maybe that maybe you got them a little too low. You know, like for example, like we're like it's almost like the opposite of a game time scratch was game time. Addition was EP at the 10 spot. EP at the 10 spot. I might be a little, I, we looked at the girls hockey hubs uh, way too early girls rankings and they, what do they have EP at four or five? They had them at five at five and reading through it. I got a little nervous about my rankings. So I may have shoehorned Eden Prairie into the 10 spot. Losing Sydney Langseth, I think hurts a lot more than people might give it credit oh, for. She, I mean, is- she was, She's been great so far. I mean, mind you, the college season, we're going to get to that a little bit. But college season, I mean, uh, keeping track of some of the gals and, you know, some of the freshmen that have jumped in. But Sydney Langseth has definitely held herself very well at the collegiate level. Mm-hmm. So, and she was a Miss Hockey candidate last year. Yep. Uh, Grace Kuypers, who is a senior forward committed to Princeton, she'll slide into that number numero uno offensive role for the Eagles. Outside of that, I just don't see a ton of scoring. But what wins championships? Defense. Defense and goaltending. I think they Mo- do have a I good think Molly Gergen's gonna be she's gonna be a candidate for goalie of the year. And obviously coach Jamie Grossman knows what he's doing. He's been there for a while. He understands what he has in his team. Just not as high on him as somebody else might be. 
one more I got to throw out there that I'm, I realize it's not there. I don't see the hill. The hill, hill Murray? The hill is not in your 10. No. I mean, the blockade was like, whoa. But all of a sudden, I'm looking a little bit. I'm like, there's no. I mean, mind you. There is there is no Hill Murray. And they're a little bit like Eden Prairie where number the number 10 spot in my rankings is going to be a bit of a revolving door. Hill Murray losing Nina Steigoff. They've got super talented players behind her. I I don't know. I just like. I just like the teams that I listed ahead of them more. They just bring back more firepower, more continuity. Would you say, and I know this is maybe going outside the realm of assumptions, but some of the private schools maybe have a little bit of an edge because you're getting a selected crew to take over spots as opposed to like who is the next up in the association at the 15 to come up. Or if sophomore freshman that... I mean, I guess. Do you know what I'm saying? I think it's one of the it's one of those fun guessing games before the season starts, where you start clicking through some of the private school rosters just to oh, see who decided who moved, yes. who's either who moved or which youth player randomly decided to go to whatever school. And I guess that's fair. This year, it just felt like there weren't there weren't a ton of teams that brought back a lot of firepower. Okay, if that makes sense, it felt like there was a lot of turnover from last year. Uh, another team that I'm probably higher on than everybody else is Rozo. I don't know. I just like the Rams. I think that they play a style that is it. It's congruent with how they do at the youth levels. They're bringing back some high scores. Uh, Kate Helgeson had 68 points last year. Memphis Merton had 30 points last year. Look for a big season out of Memphis Mertens, and it looks like all three goalies are going to be back. They had a bit of a uh, c- goaltending by committee, eighth grader Jada Pulowski took over the spot last year during the postseason, and yep. she did really well. She won five of six postseason games. So if she steps up uh, this year as a freshman, I think Rosa could surprise a lot of people. So they, won, they won 23 games last year. Oh, I know. They're the same thing as War. They got a lot of power, and just it depends the strength of schedule. Do they come to the cities very much? And then what is a goaltending going to do for them? Well, this year I don't think they'll be able to come to the cities. No, no. I, which I, which will hurt them. I think so. Come in the long run. State tournament time when that's been decided. I know there's been some groundbreaking, uh, and and not because they're not good enough. I don't mean to say like it'll hurt them because they don't play city teams, but it's always been part of Rozo to make one or two trips to the Metro. They get in some solid games against teams that they might see in the state tournament. And this year, if they're not able to do that, it'll it'll just be different. For well, them. that's what we're always care. I I think I swear they're in the cities like every other week. Yeah, they're playing somebody <laughs> in the cities. I mean, they got more mileage, I think, than. Then the then the Wild will have this year playing the Western <laughs> Division. I mean, Warro's got a lot of mileage, a lot of traveling. Lots. Gonna, so Warro and Rosa are going to play each other. Um, looks to be one, two, four times. Yeah, four times. Might have to make a trip up there. We'll sneak in for a Rosa Warro girls in there. game. Hey, speaking of sneaking, uh, anybody that you think is not on your top ten of either single-A or double-A, that they could surprise a couple teams? Like, they're not there, but you want to put them on the radar. We always like to talk about radar teams. Who do you got? <laughs> Ray, you know what radar reminds me of? The bear that Big Bird from Sesame Street had. His teddy bear was named Radar. Did you know that? Yes, I think I do remember that. Wow. Yes. I'm going to name my stuffed animal Radar. Anyway, you don't want to hear about my stuffed animals. Uh, a team that's not in my top ten, probably not even – in the top 15, but a team that I like nonetheless is Blaine. Granted, they lose their three leading scorers, uh, Danny Brunette, Britton Fussy, and Kayla Blesey, but 
it's not as though any of those players, no offense, was a 60-pointer or a 30-goal score. I think all three of them ended up with somewhere around 24 points. So if you start looking at players that are coming back, Peyton Perrant, Caitlin Ron, Maddie Anderley, Brielle Fussy, I think those players with one more year of experience could replace that scoring. Mm -hmm. And they still have Haley Hansen, a sophomore goaltender, who for my money is one of the best goalies in the state. She had a save percentage of 931 last year and seven shutouts as a freshman. She is outstanding. This is a team that I could see winning out of the 18 games. They could they could go, you know, 13 and 5, 14 and 4. And they do play they do play in the, in a in a tough conference being in that uh, North Web, North Suburban conference North, with Northwest and Suburban. Northwest Suburban, am I saying? It, it's changed like seven times over the last 4 it years. It changes because there's teams that like to jump out, jump in, jump out, jump in. I mean, uh, you know, last year they they finished fourth in the conference behind Andover Maple Grove and Centennial. So, and they had a 15 and 10 record last year. Nothing to, nothing to cry about. Definitely better than 500. And especially when you get that tough. And they also have Elk River Zimmerman, who's in that conference as well. Uh, Anoka Spring Lake Park with uh, Madison Mashuga last year. She was dynamite. Now she's graduated. So they could, they could move up, you know, past the, well, they won't have the 50. They have 15 wins this year. That'd be pretty good. Especially yeah. out of 18. But, Good chance of being above 500 for sure. And, I mean, they'll get to play Andover a couple of times. They'll mm-hmm. get to play Maple Grove a couple of times. So that'll be – Only makes you stronger. Well, I mean, you would hope so. It only makes you stronger, but those would be the, the hiccup games that I yes. can see in the conference. Yeah. Hey, if you split those and then take the rest of it, you never know what can happen. So, hey, let's talk a little bit about some of those uh, those freshmen that are, that are doing really, really well. Plus, we've uh, been trying to keep track, obviously, with the, uh, the pause, if you would, of all – High school hockey and youth hockey, we, UIHH is kind of focused uh, on the college scene, uh, on the men's and women's. I have watched more college hockey than I have ever wanted to in my entire life. I did, and I and I really wish there was a outlet out there that really would push more uh, women's hockey uh, to be able to watch. I mean, when you, the reason I say that is because you know we've seen these girls and gals, um, you know, play high school, and now they're now they're. We've we've called them prospects for how long? Oh, so and so is a Sacred Heart commit, and so and so is a Minnesota commit. Let's see what they are like on the college scene. So it's you know you read the the newspaper and you read the internet and you're like, hey, who's the the prospects that we've been watching for two three years? And now it's like now they're playing college. Um, it's and, like watching birds leave a nest. Yes, I saw them in the egg, and I saw them hatch, and then. <laughs> And then they leave the nest and they don't call me. And now they're <laughs> flying around and now the national writers are treating them as their own. And right. You, you watch other people write about college players, both boys and girls, and you're like, mm, well, be nice to someone I've known since they were 12. I do want to bring up a few that, um, that I've kind of watched a little bit and just want to give them some props. Yeah, hit me. A, a couple of freshmen that, that come out right away, and I mind you, um, we want to – we had some discrepancy, discrepancy a little bit before because we try to keep track of these, and every night we do a little scoring and who who had some kind of recognition from the night before. So it's been great, but then it turns out that one source that I've been using has exhibition stats kept with them, so it's so it's uh, diluted what it should be. But anyway, it's nice to see that we do have a Minnesotan, Anna Klein from uh, Edina is still leading the country right now in points as of today. Well, she has 11 points, so that's cool. Six goals, five assists. Minnesota Duluth senior. Yep. But the, the two that I want to bring out right away, I mean, we've seen some freshmen have kind of exploded right away. Obviously, we talked about Sidney Langseth who's having a nice season starting out at Mankato. 
But I also want to talk about uh, Jamie Nelson, who's been exploding also at Mankato. I, mm-hmm. I still call him Mankato. Everybody calls him Minnesota State. Minnesota but, State University. Mankato. But in one, they had Jamie Nelson had the most points, but she does have those exhibition points in, involved there. But still, Jamie's got uh, four goals and three assists in the season as a freshman, so she's definitely holding herself up, as well as another freshman who was doing really well, which we haven't mentioned yet, is uh, J- uh, Jada Habish, mm-hmm. who's from Buffalo. She's out at UConn, and she's got a nice little season, three goals, three assists. Not saying UConn's a powerhouse, but it's nice to see them out there. And looking through the old top, uh, what am I saying, top 30 goal scorer or points I got, I got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight of them are from Minnesota. Nice. Two of them are freshmen that I just mentioned. So it's nice that the gals that we've seen um, doing really super well uh, continue that that good. I mean, obviously there's some other ones out there. We've got uh, Naomi Rogie. hope I say that right, from Ian Perry. Uh, she's Tied for fourth, I think it's fourth or fifth. She's got nine points in the season. She's over at UMD, who started off really, really well. Um, also, Natalie Heising from Wyzetta. She's at uh, Penn State. She's got uh, she's a senior. She's got four four goals, three assists in the season. So she's starting off nice. As well as a little-known Renee Saltness from Rochester. She's oh. over at Quinnipiac, and she's got uh, uh, six six points in the season, three and three. So she's had a nice season for herself. So want to give a little kudos out to some of those gals as we've seen them fly the coop, fly the nest. Don't be afraid to email us or you know give us an instant <laughs> message or direct message. So we know that you're doing well. But it's fun to see um, some of the freshmen that we've seen or talked about the last couple of years doing well in the big scene, if you would. And if you're listening out there, it'd be nice to get them on a TV screen so we can watch them in action. I think we saw a couple. I think Minnesota I've seen once. And I saw Mankato once uh, in in a different kind of – I was able to somehow uh, see it in a, in a TV scene, not as much as the HCNC bubble or or such, or Big Ten hockey because they have their own network. But anyway, still cool to see some of those gals out there. Yep. And Jada Habish was uh, Hockey East Rookie of the Week right before Christmas. She was the first – what was she? It was something like she was the first – Freshman to score a hat trick since like 2005 oh, yes. or yep. something. And then just recently, uh, last week, if I'm, I'm not looking at my stats, I'm going by pure memory, uh, Grace Bowlby uh, with Wisconsin. She was voted, I think, either player of the week in the WCHA or forward of the week. So um, so that was cool to see that, that she uh, had some as my as Peter, I'm just holding this I'm on. I'm Googling as is fast G- as I can. He can. I could go through the YHH because we retweeted that because it was kind of cool. You're like, whoa, Bowlby. Um, even though during the World uh, Junior Championship, every time they said Matthew Boldy, everybody in my house thought they were saying Bowlby. So my wife was, uh, we were chuckling about <laughs> that a little bit. So it was not a Bowlby. But anyway, uh, Grace is doing some good things out there in Badgerland Whee! with the number one team in the country, might I add. Number one team in the country, best uniforms by mm, far. I would not say that. I, I would say that. That's just because I'm not a Madison red, fan. Red and white is just classic. Blue and white is amazing. Gross. No. Stop. <clears throat> Any, and also, this is on side topic. Anybody oh. that has a yellow or gold jersey, phenomenal. Not just the Gophers are amazing. Ooh, I thought you were going to go a different direction with that pho. No, no, I would never, never, never. But, like, Mankato's <laughs> got a really cool yellow and purple. Like, just Mavericks right Mavericks right down the diagonal. Very, very. What I can't. I want to use a. I don't want to use aesthetically pleasing. Yes, I didn't. I was gonna say the Tonyism, but I I'd get in trouble for that. The Tonyism. Yeah, where he always calls. Uh, um, sometimes he talks about something like if it's, it's gonna get it's, us in trouble, then I'm not gonna say it. Okay. He he puts <laughs> a human aspect into the jersey. 
Um, ah. So, like, when you drink the coffee, you might say it is blank, but he'll say that about a jersey. And I'm like, if I say that about, no, I'm not going to go there. A man of many adjectives. Yes. All and right. We got some new coaches to mention. Yeah, we got we? some new coaches. Uh, we got jumped. New coaches. Yeah, we jumped our board a little bit, but that's because we, okay. we start talking. We talk that's about okay. the. We talk about it fresh. It's pod number one. Season number three. It's pod number. You one. think we've done this? This our first time on? No, because we haven't. It's it's darn near. Martin Luther King Day. Usually we're like six or seven pods in by now. Oh, for sure. For sure. I am so out of practice. All right, we're going to throw three big ones out there that these kind of grab my eye. I, Peter had mentioned before that Maple Grove made a change as the yep. um, the former coach stepped down. Um, so these are three people that um, uh, with some big programs. Uh, one, uh, Two are big, big programs. We've t- actually talked about them before. So I'm going to leave the number three quiet one that nobody really – we haven't talked about because it would be kind of – Interesting to see what they do this year. Mm-hmm. But we'll talk about, and I I think I heard you say right, so Cesar. Am I saying Cesar. that right? Cesar Engstrom. Uh, she has taken over at Hill Murray. Uh, she's been the assistant coach for nine years, and she's been the co-head coacher for the past two. Yep. Um, so she succeeds Bill Schaffhauser, who uh, endorsed her, and he announces uh, departure after 13 years with the Pioneers. Um, Engstrom is uh, uh, Bemidji State standout. Uh, she played five seasons with the Whitecaps, also been a trainer, um, part of the Midwest Elite High School League. So she definitely, and then obviously she's been the program for, uh, looks like nine, 11 years. So she she knows what she's doing. So <laughs> she's awesome. She did a couple, I covered a couple of Hill Murray games last year, and my conversations with her after games were insightful and prompt and polite. And she's great. She's ready for that. Another coach that's uh, another coaching change out there is uh, Blake, uh, who is. Uh, getting Whitney uh, Colbert. Colbert. And we'd mentioned this before. Remember, we had, I don't know if you folks out there remember, we had a little summer podcast just because we're like, oh, my gosh, let's talk about something mm-hmm. um, between seasons. And so, anyway, so Whitney, is she's taking over at Blake. She was assistant uh, with the Chinese national team. Uh, before that, she had been assistant with uh, D- Division One Union College as well as she was assistant at uh, Connecticut College, which is a D2 program. D3. Uh well, I think it's D three. D well, my readings call them a D two. What? I know, and it's weird because there's really not a D two out there. But, um, but anyway, Colorado College and I, I, Connecticut College. I'm sorry. Let me back up. Um, so anyway, um, so that's that. Oh, I'm sorry. It does say Division three. I apologize. I knew it. I gotta get my glasses. Checked. I win. Yep. You, you mentioned the new Cretan coach. You get up. Go ahead. You have the printout. <laughs> you, well, I will bring it up then. So Tony Sh- uh, Schneid. Scheid. Scheid, just Scheid, no S. No, the C is silent. <laughs> I'm going on the pronunciation. Anyway, Tony is taking over at Creton Durham Hall. Uh, he served. Um, he brought uh, two class AA uh, championships with him to uh, Creton. He's bringing it with him. He won titles at St. Uh, Stillwater and also looks forward uh, with a former Suburban East Conference uh, in contention. Uh, he had a coaching stand also at Woodbury, and he has a coaching – check this up. This is the part that kind of grabbed me right away. He has a coaching record in his career of 260 wins, 112 losses, and 21 ties. That means a guy's been around for a while, and he, he definitely has, has some experience. I mean, he's got over, you know, I would say it's 66, 66% <laughs> winning – Am I close on that? But anyway, I don't know. Um, so he's experienced, brings a lot of knowledge, 
And uh, it'd be kind of fun to see Crean because Crean's, you know, on the boys' side has been a has been a competitive team mm-hmm. in in Minnesota hockey high school. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see what he brings to the girls, and obviously with a lot of experience. And um, is that a surprise? We'll see. You never know. All that much experience. You know, it looks like he's got kind of diverse experience too, because he coached the Tier One team, Wisconsin boys, the eighteen U team for like nine years. Wow. While simultaneously, they're a, they're a um, an off-season team. Yeah. And then was at Stillwater for a long time and then coached the Madison Capitals Tier 119U girls and then last year was with Woodbury High School and now coming over to Creighton Durham. So picking up some tips and tricks from the Tier 1 AAA scene and bringing them to, to Creighton. Which is kind of interesting because there was, was a huge wave of Woodbury kid Bantams that came over to Creighton last yeah, year on the on the boys side. Boys I don't, side. We don't know about girls yet. Still waiting on some no, rosters. No. no, I just say when you there was just a pipeline of Woodburyans that uh, that ended up at the at, at the Creighton and not at the Hill. Uh, so uh, Tony replaces uh, Brooke White Lancet, who had been with the Raiders for the last four seasons. So uh, good luck to Tony as he embarks on the eighteen game sprint. All right, we are now talking about that. Let's talk about that sprint a little bit. Okay. Um, it's we'll go, we'll call it the twenty twenty one season, even though my mind still wants to call them twenty one. And even with their youth tournaments, we're like, well, it was supposed to be in twenty, but now it's in twenty one. I think I'm just going with twenty one. It's close enough. But anyway, um, let's talk about some concerns we have about the season. <laughs> um, we're not going to hash out all the stuff that people want us to hash out because. It gets tired and old. But let's just talk about some concerns you have, to, uh, Peter, about the season itself. Yeah, obviously there's the COVID concern. You know, one team gets it, gives it to another team, and then it spreads, spreads, spread, blah, 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 blah. But we, honestly, and I don't want to bring it down a little bit, but remember when, like, everybody goes through, like, that sick week? High school teams always have that sick week where there's one kid who gets sick, and then everybody gets a flu. And then it's like four well, or five yeah. kids are out, and then you're like, well, gosh, do we get them? I know there was a little wave of it that went through the, the sections last year. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, one kid gets sick, the whole team gets sick. But, I mean, in any other year, the the games wouldn't be postponed or rescheduled. No. But we said we weren't going to get into it, we're, nope. so we're not. My my biggest concern is for teams, I mentioned Breck a little bit earlier, but Proctor Hermantown, a Class A team that relies heavily on Metro trips and stocking their schedule with strong Class 2A opponents to make their team better overall, obviously. They won't be able to do that. So Proctor Hermantown is going to be confined to their sort of northeastern section, section 7A region. And if you're a coach of a team as talented and as deep as Proctor Hermantown, you want to play the best to prepare for that state tournament. You're not going to be able to this year. So it'll be interesting to see how the Mirage adapt to a less rigorous schedule. That would be my one concern as a coach. Okay. Uh, another, I guess one concern that I have is in, I saw this, uh, I'm bringing what I saw in the fall to obviously my favorite sport. Those, those Tuesday cancellation and postponements, can they find somebody within the three, four days to take that spot to play them? You know, like if, um, say, for example, Jefferson is supposed to play Chaskachan on a Tuesday, and Chaskachan has got uh, too many positive COVID cases to field a competitive team. They postpone it. Now here's Jefferson going, do we try to get another team? within a three, four, or five-day span, or do we just say maybe we'll try to put the end of the season? But also we're looking at, you know, we're squeezed in there because they're looking at that last week of March now as a possible state tournament week. So 
Um, you know, football kind of just said, hey, you know, like, you know, Tuesday they, they couldn't play this team. By Wednesday, Thursday, they were talking ADs. Friday, hey, here comes, you know, Brainerd or whoever driving, you know, or Bemidji coming down three hours to drive down to Edina on their homecoming. Yeah. Uh, three, four-day notice. So um, it'll be interesting to see. Is there a good answer? No. Do I have the solution? No. <laughs> but it'll be interesting to see how the Minnesota State High School League or ADs are going to handle that as they went through that per se with – the the fall season and soccer was pretty good. I mean, we we had some good success here in Bloomington with the soccer program, and there was no cases and no games got postponed. Uh, but again, that was outside. But I know you know football was a was an issue. So that's the one thing. Obviously, we're indoor and and sports has been on pause for how long? So now we're talking <laughs> about basketballs in the same shape as hockey in a sense where. What happens? You get you know yeah. too many into Tuesday. Can you reschedule it within three four days? So. I'm assuming that the contingency plan is. Super complicated. Yes. Super. Hope they got four or five names on a speed dial. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> Quickly. But, you know, at, at least we can kind of base it on not like, you know. Um, I'm going to hang on to this one thread of hope that we're going to have a season, and I'm just going to clutch it. I'm not, I'm not going to call it a thread. I'm going to call it a rope because I've, I've been on threads for a long time. Having a, Still having a high school a junior a hockey player. Um, it's been up and down. It's been a roller coaster of emotions where things are looking good and things aren't looking good, and then things got some perspective, and then they get changed, and school board, and the governor, and so. What's your biggest concern as a parent? My biggest concern. Wow, this got deep. Not on the board. Um, <laughs> Not in life. I mean, about the the hockey. Season. Honestly, and I I don't want to put the health piece to bed and say I'm not worried about it um but it's it's just those seniors I think that's the biggest piece um mm. we've compared them I mean I had a senior last year and obviously we've got friends and that my son plays with that have seniors this year and just talking about the difference between seniors last year we're in school we're playing their sports until the springtime and then it was all you know it was all distant learning and your own figure out a way to have a graduation, you know, principals, you know, that's how we did it. That's how we did in Bloomington where the, in Jefferson, uh, we scheduled on, on a, uh, a Google doc and the principal came to our house, did all the distance, did all the masks. And each kid who signed up got their own private diploma handing off from the principal. That's uh, nice. And the, the reason I bring that up is because now this year's seniors are starting from home right away. Yeah, and mind you, in in Kennedy had great success with the soccer, and that was a big piece. And that's obviously my connection with it because some of those guys on that team uh, play hockey, and so it was great to see them still have success and still have their season. And mind you, you know, the not having a state tournament was stressful and and challenging because here's a senior had a great season, went through all the sections. There they are, they're section two A champions, and here's your trophy. Yeah. So, and then there's also the social piece, which I think is we kind of take out of it is that here's kids not going to school. There's kids that they only see at school. There's buddies that they hang out otherwise, and that social piece has gone too. So, I guess my concern is just so seniors having somewhat of a as normal as you can, or as Tony has used the word ideal, a new ideal season <laughs> or senior year for those kids. Um, you just feel bad, and I know there's there's one family I know that had a senior last year, and they have a senior this year. Yeah, <laughs> and they have two kids. I mean, that's that's their that's their, it. That's it. So 
that's a that's and I wouldn't say that's a concern. That's just one of those things you just kind of think about. It doesn't keep me up at night. But it, it's 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 a thought. It's and as a parent, that's what you you want your kids to have the best experience they can at whatever they do. And so that's why we want the kids to have as a good experience as possible. But obviously, we don't want to complicate things with health issues and you know grandmas and grandpas and other people yeah. that we don't even know. So so. I don't know. I think we're all just kind of taking one step at a time and hoping that one step is in the right direction. Yep. That's all you can do at this point. So right now, January 14, that's the barrel. That's my next barrel. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that was pretty funny. I also thought that the explanation was legitimate. Oh. If we, we're talking about the Team USA using a barrel – to exemplify looking for the next game. And look at look and, at the source of who is explaining it, Zegers, who's kind of a he's kind of a character anyway. Yeah. But he's t- but he's also, you know, 17, 18, 19 years old. So that's their explanation. Well, the and the coach goes. tweeted out that that's what it was for. Yeah. As a clarifying I thought it was tweet. hilarious. I, and and that's just like anybody else. You don't if you don't win and you see something you don't like, guess what you do? You take it personal and you get offensive. You're like, "Oh, I can't believe they used a trash can. That's stupid." I'm sorry you lost. You got second place. You're used to winning all the time. Sorry. It's what they like. If you would have bought a jug of maple syrup to the picture, we probably would have made fun of it too. Yeah. I suppose just score a goal if you don't want to see somebody yeah. trash talk. Be better. Trash. Be better. All right. Hey, let's be better. Uh, we're, uh, <laughs> we've are we been uh, chomping. We've been rambling for 40 minutes. But it's a good ramble. This is, this is what we've been. We're, we're, getting, we're getting all of our. All of our growing pains on the headset out of the way. Right yes. Now. So let's get to know Peter a little bit better. We got our, oh, no. one of our favorite segments called Three Questions. Um, we're going to add some new segments in here as the season goes, but I went back to the old old template and it's worked out so far so good. Um, so three questions. I'm going to throw at Peter. That way we get to know him just a little bit better. Let's question number A or one. To, uh, Peter, what is your favorite coffee joint not called Starbucks or Caribou? Um, there's a place in Cloquet called Gordy's Warming House that I love. It's coffee and ice cream. I think they probably have some deli sandwiches or something, but it's got great Wi-Fi. I've written a couple of stories there and friendly people. So Gordy's Warming House kind of set off the freeway on a plot of land. You look around, it's just pine trees and smelling, smelling cold winter air, pine and dark roast. Nothing better. I wish I'd had time. I wish you had told me about that one. I went up there last year to get K1 jerseys. My turn and burn. Cloak, uh, Gordy's Warming House. Look it up the next time you're in Cloak. Okay, there it is. Help them out in the times, even though things are going to open up a little bit more. Help them out. Get a little takeout. Everybody could use an extra 245 or whatever you charge for coffee. Ooh, doesn't want that. All right, question number two. If we, what are your thoughts and could we have a women's junior hockey league? Because right now, we have high school, oh gosh. and we have the Whitecaps, and college. we have college. And we oh and we see gosh. all these guys that say, like, oh, you're not going to play hockey this September, October, November? I'm going to go over to Minot. I'm going to run down to Cedar Rapids. And then, hey, we're back on the season. Sorry, Coach. i got to go back home and play my senior year. Can that work with women or not? I haven't had a migraine since 2014, and I think you just gave me one. The setting the logistics of building a junior hockey infrastructure, even mildly comparable to the male junior hockey infrastructure. Oh my gosh, that sounds like a decade of planning. I I don't know if it's feasible. I'm sure it's. I mean, I'd never say anything is impossible. 
but that would that would require money, facilities, and willing participants. And I don't know. I don't know how many high school girls would, even in a normal year, eschew going right to college hockey, which is kind of, other than the Olympics, I would say that college hockey is like the pinnacle of women's hockey. I don't know how many of them would say, oh, heck yeah, I'll spend a year in Elk Grove, Illinois, playing for the Lady Steel or something. I don't know. That's I can't give a real answer on that. That's a that's an interesting question. I would right. I want to talk to some players about that to see if they would be interested. Or the uh, I don't want to say the lady magicians because I always think it's stupid when they put the lady in front of a <laughs> in front of a mascot <laughs> and all of a sudden now it becomes female. It's, it's like no, it's okay to have their own identity. Yeah. It's you can have something else. But um, anyway. I thought that was just good food for thought. That's an int- I might have to do a little deep dive on that. I think it would be kind this. of fun to do that. All right. Uh, question number three. <laughs> Peter, would you share a great moment from a time that you had with your grandma? Ooh, with my grandma. Well, unfortunately, both my grandmas are dead. They've been dead for a while. My last grandma died when I was in the eighth grade. But here's a fun story. Okay. That's where <laughs> we're all. We come out of the rain cloud. Here's a fun story. Uh, it was the 2000, I believe it was the 2004 NFL draft. And my grandma, who is a bigger Vikings fan than I am, and that's saying something considering I've broken my knuckle punching tables after Vikings games. And he almost got fired for wearing this Anthony Carter. Chris Carter. Chris Carter jersey yeah. on a hockey rink. Yeah. Uh, eh. That's a story for another time. <laughs> uh, Grandma and I listened to the NFL draft on her little transistor radio oh, while my mom and I were in Fargo visiting her. And she and I were going back and forth on whether the Vikings should draft linebacker DJ Williams from Miami or defensive end Will Smith from Ohio State. And that being able to do that with my grandmother, who at the time I think was probably – Oh, boy, 91. To do mm. that with a 91-year-old lady from Fargo, North Dakota, it was, well, it was pretty cool. Yeah, my grandma and I were tight. Very cool. What about you? Tell me about tell me about Grandma Todd. <laughs> stubborn, stubborn, stubborn German woman, that's for sure. Grew up okay. on a farm in Iowa. Oh, but, boy. Uh, no, I'm not going to go that far back, but... Um, <laughs> Here's a fun, th- I guess here's a fun story, and uh, I think it's a fun story. When um, she came to uh, she came to Minnesota, so I grew up in Austin, so she came to Austin because it was a great opportunity, and everybody would leave home, and they go work someplace, and she was leaving a small town in Iowa, mm-hmm. and she came north, and she was young. I think she was like 16, 17. Um, coming from a farm, I think she had seven or eight siblings, and uh, she came up there and was working at the plant because that's what people did. You work at the hog, the hog plant, Hormel. And then she met a guy and uh, who was my grandpa. Um, and they met each other and they were, they were just friends, is what they said. They were just friends. And I think just friends from the Hormel plant. Yep. Uh, they met. They were together. They were like friends for like three months. And then he got the call from Uncle Sam. Uh, went over to World War II. Went with the Navy. And came back, and of course, when she, I don't remember exactly how long he was gone, but anyway, he came back, and she um, was still working the plant because she had to, you know, make money and help the war cause and all this. Mm-hmm. And um, he had said, "Well, I'm. I think we're ready." I, I you know, they kind of rolled a couple times and said, "I think um, I'm ready to get married, and I'd, I'd like to have your hand in marriage." And she said, "All right." And then he goes, "And the other thing too is you have to leave because if I can't." 
if I can't provide for a wife, then I shouldn't be married. Oh, boy. So she just goes, okay. So she quit the plant. He worked at the plant. They got married and had four kids, and that's my story. Of course, that was a big story, I'm sure, during the 1940s as the boomer, baby boomers. That is absolutely not financially feasible in 2021. Nope. Nope. Be like, nope, I'm going to keep working. And if you don't like it, too bad. But anyway. Oh, I have to provide for my family. But definitely a a story that I always like to to share because here you are, just Miss Independence. Like, oh, okay. I I guess I quit then. Um, But anyway, um, I I hate to say we're going to quit, but we're going to put a wrap on this because we've definitely been your ears for the last 40 plus minutes. But if you made it all the way to the end, all seven of those listeners, but I will will personally (laughs) buy you. I don't know, a coffee from the concession stand. I have one final note. I know we didn't mention a ton of players when we went through our top 10. Oh, true. Yeah. Well, you said a few. That's because I want people to actually read the article that is coming out later tonight, whenever I finish editing the podcast. The article has a top, the top 10 for class 2A and the top 5 for class A. It's got how every team finished. It's got their record from last year. It's got players to watch. It's got everything you could possibly want. So you get the both of both worlds out there, folks. First, we get to tease you with talking about it, and then yeah. he's going to bust the numbers for you. So if you would just check it out, please, and that way you'll make yourself more knowledgeable and so that when next Thursday, the 14th hits, you will be super ready Super prepared. And guess what? Just watch and follow hockey. In the Just high be excited that we get to play. Heck yeah. Because normally it's like the boys start, you know, the girls start and the boys start. Now it's like everybody, everybody on your marks, get set, sprint, go. So uh like to thank Peter for his insight, his knowledge. Thanks, bro. Tireless research he was. His fingers are, his, his left thumb almost fell off. And as in-depth analyst, this is Todd Hulk. I'd like to thank you again for listening to Her Ice because it's not his ice. Never. So take care of yourself and each other. We'll talk to you next time. Used to keep it cool, used to be a fool. All about the bounce in my step. Watch it on the news, what you gonna do? I could hit refresh and forget. Used to keep it cool.